Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire. Today is episode 336. Today is Friday, November 17th, 2023. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire Podcast on Spotify. If you don't have Spotify, but you listen to podcasts, we are also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and a whole slew of other fringe, off the beaten path podcast platforms. If that's your if that's your thing, uh, you're like SoundCloud all the way, man. Um, I'm pretty sure we're on SoundCloud. So yeah, appreciate the follow, appreciate the reviews on there as well. I also wanted to remind you guys that tomorrow, which is November 18th, which is the day before my sister Jen's birthday, which is on Sunday, November 19th, but that's beside the point. November 18th is uh, we're dropping the next installment of our teaching series that we've converted into podcast. Um, So it's going to be four episodes of our next series called Understanding Healing featuring Ivana And this is a great one. Um, If you've had questions about Paul's thorn in the side and what that means. And, oh, that means he had an affliction and, and, you know, addressing things, misconceptions about what happened with Job. It was a great time. Yvonne's just a great teacher. Uh, I always enjoy spending time with her. So that was a really good one. So that's dropping. All four episodes are dropping tomorrow, which is Saturday, November 18th. So check them out. Also, I wanted to remind you guys that next week, the week of Thanksgiving, we're only doing three shows. There are three, not just good ones, three great ones. We've, we recorded them this week because Illumination and I are both going to be gone for the majority of next week anyways, outside of Thanksgiving and Black Friday. Um, for those of you in the States, it's a holiday, holiday time for us. Um, but yeah, so we're doing three shows next week. They're going to be super great. I'm really excited for you guys to see them. Uh, they're definitely going to be worth your time. Um, but yeah, I just want to let you know only three shows next week. And then the week after we'll be back in action at five days a week. Also, I'm going to do this one more time. You guys, some of you know what it is, but some of you don't. The Elijah fire is hiring. Elijah fire is hiring for a video editor, live stream engineer position. That's right. Elijah fire. Finally, we've got, we're getting another person and I'm so excited. So this is a full-time position in a fast paced dynamic working environment, 35 to 40 hours per week, online work from home position from anywhere in the Pacific mountain, Alaskan or Hawaiian time zones, Pacific and mountain time are preferable, but not mandatory. Some of you may be noticing right away. If you're just hearing this the first time, well, what no Eastern or central time? No, I'm sorry. Not this time, just because of the nature of what we're going to be doing and how closely this person is going to be working with myself and with illumination it's going to be best for them to be working within one of those time zones. So there will be other opportunities though. Fret ye not people. Applicants must be proficient in both Premiere Pro and After Effects editing software. Applicant must be or should be tech savvy, well-organized, have great communication skills, work well in a team and individually, and be willing to learn various other applications as the need arises. Yes, got to be flexible, guys. Must be able to learn to use our live streaming software and will be in charge of engineering daily live streams, preparing content to show during the live stream and scheduling live 
streams across various social media platforms. And if this, if you guys are like, well, my ears have been tickled, Jeff, this is, this sounds scrumptious. Well, go ahead and visit ElijahStreams.com slash careers. You'll see the Elijah Fire video editor, live stream engineer position there. Or you can click the link in the description under the stuff we talked about section. And boom, it'll take you right to this listing and you can follow those steps and uh, provide us with a resume, work samples, all of that. Um, for those who are curious for more, um, obviously I handle a lot of the graphic, graphic stuff, intros and things like that. This person will be helping assist with that. Um, and I also want to encourage you if you see, if you're proficient in Premiere Pro and you're kind of iffy on After Effects, please don't let that stop you. Um, if you really are confident in your work and you feel like you'd be a good fit, I still want to hear from you. Um, because, uh, I know After Effects really well and I can catch you up to speed. It's not a big deal. Um, but I will say that having you know being proficient in after effects is a bonus but we want to do a lot more with taking our our the video clips of our show and the reels and we want to spice them up very similar to what um, the daily wire is doing with a lot of their clips specifically like comment section with brett cooper if you're curious about that you can go check that out um and you'll see a lot of their clips they throw in a lot of memes and stuff we want to do that it's going to be a lot of fun so you'll be doing a lot of other stuff as well uh, but that's just a little taster of one of the things you'll be doing uh, in terms of creating content. So um, we can't wait to hear from you guys. Super excited. Also, guys, anytime you donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, that keeps us afloat at five days a week. It lets us keep going, keeps letting us do our thing. And we're so appreciative of you guys and your belief in this ministry. But we don't stop there. We go, you know what? Wells, water wells, providing fresh, clean water. So we take a portion of every single donation and we put it into those efforts. And it's changing lives. It's impacting lives. Meeting a basic need like fresh, clean water is opening people completely up to the gospel. Thousands of people have been reached as a result of your guys' donations to this ministry. You're like, I just gave $5, you know, but, but you're making waves in the kingdom. So uh, we're going to play a quick video and then we're going to get going. We want to share with you what your donations are doing. This is Florence's story. Initially, the leader of the village wanted a water source because he saw the need in the community and when he reached out to us she was one of the places that we visited her area and when we checked the place there was no water that you could be able to drill a water source a water well and so she believed that the water well will be in this area but with the surveyors after checking everything like there was no way and she said no that water well is going to be in this place so she took a step of faith and she was listening to a pastor and as the pastor was sharing he mentioned something and said if there is something that the enemy has taken away from you it is a point to claim it back and so she decided to hold the dirt from the ground and claimed the water well in that exact spot after the surveyors had moved around the whole village and the show mercy team they definitely came back to the exact same spot. And that is what the Lord does. She took a step of faith, and now the community is being blessed by the water well that is in this area. Lives are being changed. A number of people have given their lives to Christ exactly at this spot. She is a living like testimony. The water source is just exactly in the town center, and everyone can come and drink from this very source. Clean, safe, and also receive Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. Together, we can continue to bring clean water to those in need. Donate today at ElijahStreams.com slash donate.
Okay, so my guest today, pretty much everybody knows who she is, but there's a couple who probably don't, a couple stragglers who don't. So she's the co-host of Elijah Streams, which is the parent uh, show that this spun off of. She's a gifted teacher, prophetic voice, and she's also the founder of Marriage of the Lamb Ministries. Let's give it up for our guest today, Kelsey O'Malley. Kelsey O'Malley. Welcome back. I just want to say I want to hug that lady from the well video. I watched that well video the other day and I she her joy is so contagious. I I love that woman. I'm sure Mike um, and what's his wife's Lori. I'm sure they know her, but I just I love that lady. Yeah, I know. She's a she's a bundle of joy. I know. She's amazing. I'd love Mm -hmm. to meet her one day. Give her a big hug. Um, you will, Kelsey. I well, you know, will maybe. in heaven, but yes, you know. yes. But this side of heaven, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe if I get to go see the the water wells, I think that would be such an awesome mission trip. Like you guys give opportunity to go to Israel and stuff, but then what about giving the opportunity to take people who wanted to be part of that? We on have a mission. Oh, you have. Yeah, it's it's in January. That's awesome. I think it's full. It's probably full by now. I would love to do that. Or, no, I think it is February, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, th- we they fun. are actually taking taking uh, a team over there. I wanted to go, but I didn't feel released to go. So, you know. Well, maybe in the coming years when the baby grows up a little bit, we can all go. That would be so much fun. We'll drag Christina Baker with us. Like, come on, girl. You're coming with us. <laughs> that would be so fun. Yeah. We'll yes. Do that. Well, yeah, happy that, Friday. Yeah. Yay. Happy Friday. Or Friday, as some people say. Uh, yes. When fancy. Yeah. No, I'm I'm looking forward to the weekend. I'm looking forward to um, looking forward to Thanksgiving. I think that's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. Every What's your year. Favorite thing about Thanksgiving? The pies? Uh, I mean, I love pie. <laughs> Lord knows I love pie. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um. No, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, to me, it's just like, I, the, it really is the combination of like time off mm-hmm. and being with family. I think, you know, it's like that. And, and then food is, I always joke, Lauren and I joke and say food is the sixth love language. So that's true. Yeah. That so is food, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody should drop their favorite Thanksgiving food in the chat is what illumination said. So let us know what your favorite yeah. is. Also, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to mix this up too. Do you like canned cranberry sauce, non-canned cranberry sauce, or do you hate cranberry sauce? Kelsey, what about you? Ew, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you don't really like fruit, like fruit stuff. Yeah, no, right. we've talked about this, about right. desserts and stuff. Yeah, I don't, Jeff and Lauren love like lemon and blueberry and all this. And I'm like, ew, like key lime. Ugh. Key pie is so is, good. Ugh, it's so Trippin'. gross. I'm more of like I like strawberry and pineapple and peach, but yeah, I mean, I'm not. You like a smorgasbord of food. I'm kind of more picky. Yeah, like you anything like... that has Oreos in it, though. Let me just tell jam? you, that's my jam for well, sure. And yeah, you and I were talking. You like mint, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I was telling you that Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's version of the Oreo is called a JoJo. It's like Trader Joe's, get it? Like it's a JoJo. 
um, uh-huh. not the potato wedges, JoJo's. Um, and during Christmas, they have candy cane JoJo's and they have like really finely crushed up candy canes that they put in with the frosting yeah. on the inside. Dude, goodbye box. <laughs> if that thing opens up, it's gone. I'll, I will, I have to like. I'm going to send you like 15 cases. Yeah. <laughs> Please Jeff comes on for the yeah. Christmas episode. He and looks I look like, like Santa. Yeah. Yeah. I have to be rolled onto screen. Yeah. Oh, I like no, a job of the hut from Star Wars. Yeah, no. No, but they're super good. So I gotta try them. The candy cane JoJo's everybody. And they also do like chocolate covered ones. So like oh, they'll do like different types of JoJo's with different uh-huh. fillings in them. And they'll you can get them in like a big box. Uh so it's super fun. So everybody check them out. Candy Cane, uh, JoJo's. They're probably out by now. Um, so yeah, you can check them out. Also, because I used to work there, so I yeah, you I, know, I know all the scrumptious treats. And then they also have these stars. They're like these chocolate stars or mint chocolate stars. Super good. Mm-hmm. You can get they're like really tiny and they come in a box. And again, those mm-hmm. are another one that you could just shovel, shovel <laughs> into your mouth. Eat it like cereal with milk. Yeah. <laughs> Eat the whole pot, pour it, pour milk into the box and just like eat. Yeah. I wouldn't advise that, but you could, you could do it. You definitely could. So yeah, super great. I, I just love this time of year. Like me too. It's great. So, uh, what's your favorite thing about Thanksgiving? I, I gotta say cooking with family. I love to cook. I love to bake. And so getting to, Because when you cook and you bake and like, I only feed, my husband's really the only grown person in my house. Mm -hmm. And then my kids, a lot of times are like, ew, I don't want that. That's gross. And you're like, eat it. (laughs) I know. I'm like, you have to eat. No, that's gross. So to be able to cook and a lot of people eat your food and really enjoy it, that brings me a lot of happiness when I can be able to feed people and they are like Mm -hmm. really happy eating, Mm -hmm. you know homemade mac and cheese and, you know, green bean casserole. And then I make cookies and all this stuff to see everyone enjoying it. All my family. I, I just, I love that. That Something is, that is fun. That. And Lauren, speaking of green bean casserole, she makes this green bean casserole. That is like, I'm not a big green bean casserole person. This is like next level. It's so Ooh, good. What is it? She's going to have to, well, tell her to text me the recipe. Yeah. Because I would love to add up. Mine is very the basic, just like the one that everyone knows. Oh, Basically, you, it's on the back of the soup can, I, I think. guarantee <laughs> you, if you made this one, people would be like, well, this is next level, just like Jeff said it was. So, okay, well, Lauren, yeah. you need to text me if you get a minute. All right. I'll, I'll make sure that she does. that little recipe. I actually think it is a, either it is or it's based off of a Pioneer Woman recipe. So oh. I don't know if you've ever seen Pioneer Woman. No, it's going to be delicious. Dude, then. it's bomb. That lady. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. you, she puts We're butter on the same page. Yeah, We're on I the was, same yeah. page. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's super good. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely have her send it, send it your way. So, um, Kelsey, you know, you and I were talking last week, I think sometime and just a lot of recent developments and Christendom. And um, the topic of uh, spiritual abuse came up, which is a big topic and it's a really important one. And it's one that I've seen talked about now more in the past 
two years than I've mm-hmm. seen in all my other years of being alive combined. So um, it's yeah. obviously something that is on God's heart to address. Mm-hmm. So um, why don't you set up kind of just what what this topic is and however else you want to approach into this topic, but I wanted to give the floor to you. Yeah. So obviously we know that there's been some very public recently allegations and even in the past, there's been, you know, always scandals within the church. I think like if you look at the history of the church, you can definitely find leaders who have done some very corrupt and abusive things. And I think until the allegations come out, we're like, oh my gosh, no way. So spiritual abuse is has a way of hiding really, really well. And it's kind of a lot of times done behind closed doors. And it's not like a, a you know, if everyone knew, oh, this person is an abusive leader, then they probably wouldn't have a church, right? Because most people would be like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to go there. So what is um, a spiritual leader who does abuse? What does that look like? So anytime someone in authority is going to use control or manipulation to keep you obedient to them. So the first thing is if you are sitting under a leader, a pastor, someone in authority over you, and there is a form of control that they have over you to keep you obedient. So this takes many different forms, Jeff. It's not just like, oh, this is the only, this is the only way it looks. There is many ways that this thing can take form. So one of them, I'll give you, we'll go through a couple examples and then Jeff, I'm sure you have some too. One of them that comes to mind is when a leader or someone in authority is the only one who hears from God. Oh Lord. Yeah. Yes. So they are the only one who is clearly hearing from the Lord. And if you were to say that the Lord has revealed this to me or showed me or told me, and you brought it before them, there would be, um, that would be a problem with the leader because you are giving them revelation that they have not received. And so that would be an issue with the leader and they might rebuke you or they might tell you something like, well, I don't know about that. They might discredit what you say that you've seen or you've heard from God, because the person who is a spiritual abuser always has to be in power and always has to be the head of everything, the most important person in the room, so to speak. So, you know, a great example of this is something that happened in my own my own walk. Um, I was going to a church, had no idea that the leader was spiritually abusive. I won't say the name of the church or the leader or anything, Mm but just I thought an awesome pastor preached the word, loved God. Um, It wasn't until I started through dreams and visions and the Lord started really pulling my heart Mm -hmm. to go to a specific church for a healing team ministry. And I didn't really know of this church. I didn't know if they even had a healing team, but I know that the Lord was laying it on my heart to go. So I knew I was going to leave that current church and go to the other one to be part of said healing team that God told me about. So when I went to the new church, I actually asked them, do you guys have a healing, a healing team? And they're like, oh, that's funny. You ask, we're actually starting one this week. 
And I was like, okay, thank you, Lord. So I knew it was God. I, I know through confirmations, the Lord was speaking to me. So I was part of a women's group at the old church. And I love, it was an awesome women's group. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. We'd come together and they would watch our kids and we get to fellowship just as moms and as women. And um, the pastor showed up and I guess he found out through the grapevine that I was going to go to another church and be part of their healing team. And he just let me have it, Jeff. Like, So he went to this other church that you were at? No, he went to, it was the same church, but it was a group during the week. It was like okay. a Wednesday group. Wow. So he shows up at this Wednesday group and just pulls me aside. and he belittled me. Like, he's like, you have no idea how many people have left my church over the years. And he grabbed my hand and maybe hold up like two fingers. And then he added fingers. He's like, this many people have left my church. And he just like total spiritual abuse of, and then he's like, you could have started um, a healing team here. Why didn't, if God's telling you to start a healing team, then just start one here. And so He didn't do any of that, you guys, until he lost control of me and my husband. Because when we were leaving, his control over us was now gone, right? Because we're no longer sitting under him as our pastor. So the second that he lost control, this, he just started, it was crazy, Jeff. Like it, I have never experienced anything like that before. And I had no idea that he was like that until we were saying we were getting ready to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was crazy. And he's like, Man. you don't have to leave. You could start it here. And I was like, well, the Lord was revealing to me that I need to go there. And there's a purpose in that. And I like, I want to follow the leading of the Lord. And he said, do you know every single person that's left my church? What they tell me, every single person said, God told me. How do you know God told you? So he started questioning if I'm hearing God's voice. So remember... One of the marks of spiritual abuse is the leader or person above you is going to question you that you are really hearing God. Mm -hmm. Because when you leave or come out of their control and you're saying, well, the Lord's leading me here or we're moving here, there's always going to be some type of combative way. So that's just one of the signs of spiritual abuse. Another sign that we can see is when a leader says something like this. They'll come on the platform and say, you know, I was praying before um, today's, um, you know, service. And the Lord told me that if you give a thousand dollars, he's going to give you back 10 times what you sow today. But it has to be a thousand dollar seed. And so anytime they are claiming that God is telling you a specific amount of money to give, that's spiritual abuse, you guys. That is spiritual abuse. And when, let's say God doesn't give you back 10 times, because spoiler alert, he's not going to because he didn't say that. The pastor is getting up on stage to fill his own pockets, not not to bless you in any way. And so you want to be aware of that. When you have a leader come up and say, God told me you need to give this specific amount, that Mm -hmm. is spiritual abuse. Paul says that we don't give under compulsion, but we determine beforehand what we're going to give. So you don't let people tell you the Holy Spirit saying this, especially over your giving. That is between 
you and the Lord. Mm -hmm. Well, and also too, it completely goes against what Jesus talked about when they're in the temple and he's like pointed out the, the widow and she comes in and she gives a very small amount, but it's everything she has. And then you, you know, you see the Pharisee or whoever it is who puts in a large amount and he's like, who sacrificed more? And he's like, the widow sacrificed more. It was a greater sacrifice for her. So even there, God doesn't put a monetary value on how important someone's giving is. Yeah. Um, saying like, well, it only matters if it's a triple digit number or it only matters if it's a quadruple digit number um, or, or yeah. higher. That's the only way that I'll bless it. I'm like, that parable actually goes completely against whatever that pastor or, or leader yes, it could I be agree. or a, whoever it is. It goes completely against that. Um, yes. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. That is uh, spiritual abuse, you guys. When someone is telling you the amount of money to give and then making a promise that God did not make back to you, that is manipulation and that is abuse. You do not want to sit under someone that is doing that, okay? Mm -hmm. You determine what you're going to give before you go. And that is what you are going to give. We all are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He indwells believers. So when you accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. You are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you what you are to do and what you're not to do. You don't let man manipulate and control you by the amount of money to give. Speaking of money, this is another sign of spiritual abuse. When you're not giving what they want you to give, they treat you as if you're some type of trash in the church. Like when you're not a big heavy hitter in giving and the pastor knows it, you know, well, he's, he's never going to uh, talk with you or, or commune with you at all because, well, you're not really giving, you're not really contributing to the church. So you'll notice that the pastor is almost untouchable for you. He's not, He's not available for counseling. He's not available for talk. He's not available for questions, but he is for the other people in the church that are sitting in the front row that are big givers. So if your access to the pastor is based on your giving, that is another sign of spiritual manipulation and spiritual abuse. If you see people um, within the prayers, uh, let's say there's a prayer team or a healing team or any type of small knit group within the church, leaders in the church. Um, and you're seeing that it's only the people who are heavy givers and that's how they grow. So guys, that's what they do in Scientology, right? So in Scientology, the more you give, the higher you climb in Scientology. Mm -hmm. That is nowhere in the Bible. Paul says, actually, uh, he says, the apostles seem to be the worst of these. He said, we're left out for cold. We're whipped. We're hungry. We have nothing to wear. It seems like for us, we're the last. We're the last ones. Mm -hmm. And so Paul was saying, hey, you know, we're we're giving the most to you spiritually. We're, we're preaching the gospel. We're praying for you. But yet we're left outside for cold. And then he talks about the greater apostles, oh, they come and you give them your money. And he's, you know, and then he goes on to say, I'm going to talk like a fool. And he talks about his revelations of heaven and so on and so forth. But, mm -hmm. you know, we have to be really, really careful that we're not in our own heart too. We're not giving in order to climb or to get close to the pastor. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to do that either because you're now supporting that 
level of spiritual abuse, when you do stuff like that, because we all have a part to play in this, right? You can't just say, oh, it's the leader and it's only their fault. Well, we all can play a role in this, whether it's continuing to sit under them or supporting them in any way. Um, So when you do do stuff like that and you're trying to get close to leadership through giving or through these good works to kind of climb the ranks, yeah, yeah, just know that that's not the kingdom. (laughs) That's not the kingdom at all. Uh, You don't want to be doing that. And any true leader, any true shepherd would not even accept stuff like that. In fact, they would tell you the truth and they would say something like this, you know, it's not good works that is going to further you in the kingdom of God. It's a life laid down for Christ. And again, a spiritual uh, signs of a spiritual abuse or spiritual manipulation is guys, it's never about Jesus. Hmm. It's, it's not about Jesus. It's not about his kingdom. It's about their kingdom. It's about their ministry their church, their platform, their messages. It's not about Jesus. That is a huge red flag. If you go to church and there's not one mention of Jesus through the whole entire sermon or the whole, any of the teaching about just, I mean, that's a big, that's, that's a huge red flag. So another sign of, uh, or of, a facet of spiritual abuse um, can be when you're doing good works and you're going to every meeting, you're up at the front, you're in worship. Well, then you're praised. You're praised for that. You're you're mm-hmm. praised and you know you're brought in. But when you're if you miss a Sunday, the pastor is going to call you and say, "Hey, where were you on Sunday? I was just I'm checking on you, just making sure everything's okay." But guys. You have to know through discernment here, are they genuinely caring about you or are they calling you to rebuke you for not being at church on Sunday? Does your church require you to come and stand in the front for worship? And if you don't, you somehow get shunned by the rest of the people at the church and the leadership and the youth group because you're not spiritually hungry the way they want you to be. So all of these signs are signs of control and manipulation. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it it can even happen in more subtle ways too. Um, Because I remember, I'm trying to figure out how best to communicate this story. I've shared bits and pieces of it before um, throughout the years uh, on Elijah Fire. But um, so I was working, uh, I, I, it was just, this was back when I was in YWAM and I was at a base. I won't say which one, there's a lot of them. Um, and they're all run slightly different. Um, and they had just gone through a big transition. So there was like mm-hmm. a leader that left and it was like, not, not the best transition. It was a really rocky transition. So there were new leaders in place that were kind of there to facilitate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it, it's interesting because I can recognize that they were trying to do the best they could, but a lot of their efforts turned into manipulation and spiritual manipulation as a result of them just trying to get things to stay working. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so in YWAM, the way it works is you, you build so a support team for yourself. So these are people that believe in your mission and what you're doing and what God has called you to do. And they want to come alongside and support you X amount a month. Um, mm-hmm. And so in that regard, each of these people then pay 
you have to pay kind of your spot on the base so that they can keep it running. So rent or whatever. Yeah. And so, you you know, for all intents and purposes, you pay to be there. Um, mm -hmm. And so as a result, that adds a layer of complexity to the nature of getting people to do stuff. And what ended up happening was um, when people would kind of hit a wall because they were pushing people pretty hard to just maintain this specific rigid structure is um and it would violate a lot of it would violate stuff that god instructed them to do if they were serving in a different ministry on the base and they mm -hmm. got pulled into something else and and everybody for the most part was pretty willing to come together but what would happen is that there was a complication what you were told was well you're here to serve you know mm -hmm. and that is a form of spiritual manipulation because yeah what happens especially as a young person who wants to please the Lord, who wants yes. to serve God, all of a sudden yes. you go, they're right. And if I resist against this, then I'm in the wrong, you know? And, yep. and so it adds a, a great layer. And what actually ended up happening to me was I actually kind of went into a season of pretty severe depression. Um, wow. And so that, and I know I wasn't the only person, there were a lot of people. Yep. And so that's on the one hand, I can recognize, mm -hmm. I don't see them as the villains of this story. I don't see them as, you know, like I, I bumped into them years later and I was just very excited to see them. I knew that they did the best they could, but there was a lot of dysfunction that kind of worked its way into this. And, and that's another way is like, don't assume. And I guess it depends on, I mean, Kelsey's examples are pretty extreme. Don't assume, uh, don't assume, uh, a, uh, don't assume a bad agenda from these people. I knew in my case, I knew that they even, even when I was going through it, I knew they were doing the best they could, but right. there was a lot that was misaligned. Let's just say yes, that. So. Yes. And remember when the Bible talks about wolves in sheep's clothing, right? And so it says they sneak in unaware. Mm -hmm. So what does unaware mean? It means the sheep don't know. The church doesn't know. We we know someone by their fruit. So when someone does reveal their fruit to you, so if when I had that pastor do what he did, I was like, I mean, I didn't respond, guys. I just, so how do you respond to something? How do I respond to right. something like that? <laughs> so I sat there and listened to every word he said. And then I spoke back and just, I said very few words. Um, and I just said, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry. And we love you guys so much. We love this church so much, but we really have to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit's telling us, but we love you guys. And mm -hmm. I'm thankful that, you know, we came and, you know, I just only, I didn't defend myself or anything like that because I, you don't have to, when you know, it's God is leading mm -hmm. you. I don't have to defend myself to anyone. Cause I know it's the Lord. So that's how I respond to that. But, you know, you have to um, be, uh, what do they say? What, what does the Bible say? It says, uh, wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove. Mm -hmm. So you do have to be that way. And until the fruit is revealed, but you're not going to know until you taste the fruit. And then once you taste the fruit, you're like, oh my gosh, this is not good. Well, what are you going to do after that? You're going to have to make a decision, you know, and we're going to talk about that in a second, but I want to give a couple a couple more examples, and this is a big one. When they twist and use scripture 
against you to control you. Yeah. This is a huge one. Um, and it happens a lot. And the, the scripture they usually use is Hebrews 13, 17, which says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not groaning for what would be of no advantage to you. So that's the scripture. A lot of times you'll hear, oh, obey your leaders and submit to them. Yeah. I've heard that one Um, so many times. Yes. And when you hear that, you need to run, honestly. Um, That's kind of like a red flag. Um, So Jesus is the head of the church, right? He is the head. He is the great shepherd. So anyone who points to themselves as the head of the church, uh uh-oh, that's that's not good. You're about to be, you know, uh, in a manipulation type of situation because Jesus is the head of the church. And yes, we obey and we submit to the leaders who are leading healthy churches, who are preaching the word of God, who are not manipulating their congregation for any type of gain whatsoever. They are there to serve. And yes, we obey them and we listen to them. Why? Because they're keeping watch over us. They're giving us wisdom. They're feeding us the word of God. They're teaching us how to uh, be obedient to God's word. They're praying for us. They're counseling us. I mean, all Mm -hmm. of these things are honorable acts that we should respect, uh, we should care for, and we should love our pastors and absolutely submit to the ones that have a healthy tree and are not using any of the things we're going over today to control and manipulate you in any way. So another um, sign you'll see a lot of times is when um, you're told not to believe what other people are saying about the leader. So you have some concerns, right? You have some concerns and Maybe you bring it up to someone on staff at the church. You know, I, I just have some concerns and they automatically are like, oh, well, I don't know about that. And, you know, I wouldn't believe I wouldn't believe what anyone's saying about this this pastor. You know, absolutely not. And so instead of listening to your concerns, they discredit everything you're saying. Hmm. So any negative thing you were to ever say about the person in leadership is going to be responded to. Um, in a very negative way. So it's not, they're not going to entertain and talk and have a conversation about what's going on with you. And Hey, how, how can we work this out through the scriptures? Let's sit down with the Bible and let's talk about this. No, they're going to discredit you. um, The second that you bring up any concern you have with leadership, this is a big form of spiritual manipulation. And a lot of times you'll see leadership all in on it. So it's usually not just the one leader, because remember, the main leadership is going to stem out to the other leaders of the church and they're going to teach them, hey, this is the way it is in this church. Yeah. You know, I create a culture that's that's exactly you're going to create a culture that's really good. Um, And the other thing I think, too, is uh, another way people can use spiritual manipulation or abuse is by their title. Well, I'm the apostle and how dare you yeah. say anything against me? I'm I'm the apostle and I mean it can get really crazy. I I know um someone for a while uh was, you know, saying to me in my earlier kind of uh walk was, you know, you need to only call me apostle in public and you have to basically I had to call them that. And I 
when they were telling me that, you know, guys, the check in your spirit, right? We all have that. Like there was such a check in my spirit, such a, you can call it a grieving. People say that too. Like, oh my, I was grieved in my spirit, right? So that's the other thing you're going to know of spiritual manipulation because you're, you're grieved inside. Like Jeff said, I went into almost like a time of, I was like depressed and yeah, cause his spirit was grieved. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. When you're yeah. being taken advantage of or you're being abused or manipulated in any way, your spirit man is going to grieve because yeah. Jesus is the head. He He's the one who leads us. He's We follow him. And yes, we we honor our leaders appropriately, but your spirit man is going to stir up inside of you and you're going to feel, hold on, something about this isn't right. Because I remember when they were telling me, you know, this is respect and this is honor and this is what you do and this is how you address me. And I was always uh, so grieved every time. And if I didn't do it, they would text me and correct me. And, and so um, obviously now, you know, I, I believe that's a form of, um, spiritual abuse. It's a form of trying to control me. So if they're telling you what you have to call them, why I, guys, I could care less if you call me sister, if you call me Kelsey, if you call me Sally, if you call, I was just thinking it (laughs) girl. Um, I don't care what you call me. I could Mm -hmm. absolutely could care less, Mm -hmm. but there's no way I would ever say, Oh, you need to call me, uh, teacher Kelsey. And if you don't call me that, that's disrespectful. I guys, I can't even imagine those things coming out of my mouth, but this is what some churches teach. Yeah, You have to call the person apostle or prophet. I think that's a form of spiritual abuse personally, because there that's control. I don't, I don't want to control any of you in any way at all. I want to lead you to Jesus. That is my heart is to lead you to a closer relationship with Jesus. If I could say, what's my goal? My goal is to lead you to Christ, to bring you to the word of God, to Mm -hmm. ignite hunger in your heart. That is what I want to do. And that is my only goal is so you would grow closer in your relationship with Jesus. And if you're not, then I'm, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But in no way, shape, or form am I going to tell you to give me a certain amount of money? Um, am I going to tell you to call me a certain name? Am I going to demand that if you're part of my women's group, well, you need to show up every single week or don't even come? I would never say something like that. Yeah. That is abuse. And also so, making like okay. being aware of the assumptions that we make, even, even from a non-leadership perspective, the assumptions that we make. I saw someone um I saw someone mention in the comments. I think it's a great example of of someone doesn't come to church and they regularly do. And then assuming then they suddenly get shunned and then they get like people start spreading rumors or people start thinking that they backslid. And I'm like, people are busy. I'm like, you attending church on the regular does not that is not the mark of you being saved. You know, yes, it's encouraged. Yes, it's yes. It's, it's healthy, but but community is very important. Um, but but that is not the mark of you being saved. And to make that assumption Absolutely on someone, not. 
is is an error on your part, not on theirs. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Me and Christina were talking about this subject before we got on here because I was at, I always I want to call her. So there is always wisdom in a multitude of counsel, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll call Christina and say, Hey, this is the topic. I want to touch on this. What are your thoughts? Because I like to get other people's input on what I'm going to talk about. I want to hear their uh, feedback, you know, before I come and present it to all of you, I want to make sure that I'm aligning with the Bible and what I'm saying is true and all that stuff. So she said this to me, she said, you know, Kelsey, she said, what about the people who don't have access to a church? And what about the people she said, she uses this example. She said, what if a lady's blind and she can't drive and she's in her home and she doesn't, she can't go to church and she can't sit under a leader. So is she not saved? Is she, is she not, can she not uh, start a Bible study and can she not encourage other people? You know, we have to understand that when someone says something like this, um, you know, you'd need to have a proper covering. How many of you have heard that when you go to, well, you need to have a covering. Well, what about the woman who's blind in her home and she can't get out? She's not going to have a covering. What about the people who have, they live in a, 500 person town and there's one church and it's a type of church where they take up serpents and they drink poison. It's a crazy house, you know, well, you don't want to sit under that. So we -hmm. have to be logical when we think about Mm -hmm. stuff like this. And let me tell you, people in your life that come into your life, that God brings into your life, that pour into you, that love you, that pray for you, that you can read the Bible with, that you can talk with, those are the type of people that you want. If any type of covering or prayer covering or whatever, you want it from those who are in relationship with you. You don't want to just say, oh, well, it's going to be a pastor who you've never even talked to. And if your pastor is untouchable, where it's his sermon's done and he walks off the stage and you've never met him and you've been going to that church for two years, you've never met him. You've never talked to him. He doesn't even know who you are. If you came to church, if you didn't, he has no idea. That's that's probably not a good situation either, mm-hmm. because you want to be able to talk to your pastor, you know, mm-hmm. have him pray for you. If something's going on in your life, you know, you want to be able to go to your pastor. So having someone that's close to you, that loves you, that prays for you, I would encourage you to have them be your, so, you know, whatever you call covering, even though that's not even in the Bible, um, Paul and Timothy, Paul recognized the anointing on Timothy's life. And so he said, your, your grandma served God, your mom served God, you serve God. I recognize the calling on your life. Let me, let me teach you the gospel. Let me teach you. That's why the letters to Timothy are like, uh, they're exhortation letters. He's mm-hmm. exhorting Timothy throughout the whole entire letter. He's teaching him. Oh man. He, As a young guy in the Lord, man, I ate those first and second Timothy. I ate those up. I read those yes. over and over and over Same. again. Yeah. Yeah, so good. So, and, and they were, they had relationship, right? Um, he was pouring into Timothy because he recognized the call mm-hmm. in his life. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like he had this covering of a pastor he talked to once a year, but paid his tithe to. All of this stuff is, this is not the gospel. This is not the church right. in the Bible. These are uh, customs and traditions that man has set into the church and they really need to be torn down. They really, yeah. they, they need to be torn down because it's spiritual abuse and it's wrong and yeah. it's, it's not in God's word. And if something is not in God's word, 
then we really, really need to examine what we're doing and say, if this isn't aligning with God's word, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I want to do what God's word yeah. tells me to do. And that's an example. What Jesus yeah. says, an example, what Paul writes about is an example. Um, maybe you guys have heard of Jonestown. How many of you guys have ever heard of that? So have I you have, had- I'm trying to remember the significance of it though. I know the name though. Okay. So it was a leader. His name was Jim Jones and he would have huge meetings, healing, miracle meetings. People would like hold up their crutches and like miracle meetings where thousands would come pack out the church. Well, so of course you're thinking, oh, well, he's, he's seeing, he's seeing healings. He's seeing church growth. Wow. What a man of God, right? That's what you would just assume. Well, actually he got his church to move to, I think it was, um, Ghana and, um, move to this Jonestown and build like a, a city or a town. And they all had, it was mass suicide by cyanide. So it was a cult. It yes. was a mass. So, um, 918 people died November 18th, which is tomorrow, 1978, 918 people were manipulated and spiritually abused by this man to leave where they were, move to Ghana, serve him because of the miracles they saw, because of the, the packed out meetings and the preaching they saw. This man had to be of God. Well, it was a cult. He was a cult leader. And they all drank poison and died, including children. Hmm. And they found them all dead. So spiritual abuse, you have to be aware that just because maybe you're seeing someone grow in their ministry and maybe you're seeing someone heal the sick and, you know, oh, they're preaching the word. You better be aware of spiritual abuse in your own church and in your own life because Mm -hmm. You don't want to be sitting under someone who's controlling the whole entire church. I mean, that story, research that story. I mean, it is so, it's heartbreaking. The story is heartbreaking because these people love God and they wanted to serve God. And like you said, he used scripture to manipulate them. Mm -hmm. He used the Bible and he used his authority that was given to him as a leader. He used that to manipulate people and then they ended up losing their life because of it. And so, I mean, that's a, that's a reality of a situation that happened. So we have to be aware when we're seeing signs of spiritual abuse, we need to get away from that type of leadership. And we need to just not have anything to do with stuff like that. You need to be able to recognize it. And I'm going to touch real quick, um, which I didn't have on the notes, Jeff, but just real quick about sexual abuse within the church. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. as a female and as a girl, I can tell you going back to when I first got saved and saw the Lord and was, I mean, I still believe I'm on fire for God, but just, you know, your whole life, changes completely yeah. when you accept Christ. I mean it's that honeymoon that- honeymoon zeal, you know, yeah, the honeymoon yeah. yeah, there's just this raw nature to to first coming to the Lord and and yeah, it's like rocket it's, fuel. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Yeah. And I came from the world, you guys. So because I came from the world, I came from where 
sleeping with your boyfriend was no big deal. I mean, that's normal. Um, hooking up with whoever, I mean, that was something you did in the world. It wasn't, I wasn't serving Christ. I mean, so when I got born again and I came into the church, remember you become a brand new creation, but that doesn't mean your flesh completely changes in an instant. Mm. That's a process of sanctification. Yeah. So yeah. let me tell you, if I go back to my 19 year old self and I got born again, like I did, and there was a leader in the church that I went to that was hitting on me and grooming me. I'm just going to tell you, I probably would have done something that was wrong mm. because I didn't know better. Yeah. I was young. I was impressionable. I came from a world where you're groomed in the world by men all the time. I was groomed by older men all the time when I was 18, 19 years old. I mean, you meet them out at bars and they're, they'll groom you with their money or their influence, their power. Well, it's the same thing with sexual abuse in the church. It always comes from someone in, in a spiritually abusive position, which is authority or power position, a leadership position, because they have something over you. They have control over you. And sexual abuse comes from that within the church. It's when they, they have something, they have control, they have the anointing. Oh, well, they're, they're so anointed. They have visions and dreams and they hear from God and, you know, they, I just want to be close to them. So that's what you can initially start as a woman. You initially start with, oh, well, I just want to be around them because they're so anointed and they're so special to God. And you want to just be, I want to learn from that. I want to be around that. You know, I want to serve in the church. Well, if the person in, a, in authority uh, takes advantage of you because your heart is right, right? So like my heart going into that would be right. I want to learn about God. I want to see what it's like to be in leadership. I want to serve the church. It's very easy to take advantage of someone like that. And that's what we see. Spiritual abuse within the church, sexual abuse in the church is almost always that scenario. It's mm -hmm. almost always that scenario. And so for women right now, maybe you're younger, maybe you're older, do not open yourself in any way, shape, or form to this type of abuse. Do not tell yourself, well, if I spend this time with the pastor and I serve him and I do this and I do that, don't be left alone with the pastor. Don't even put yourself in that position. Don't right. even go there. If his wife is not there, you're not there. You don't need to be in a private room with some leadership of the opposite sex without anyone else there. You don't need to be going on spiritual retreats with the uh, opposite sex, maybe even sleeping in the same uh, type of rented house. I know a lot of ministries do that. You don't need to be doing stuff like that. That's opening yourself up to a position that you might not be able to handle. Another thing with a lot of women, um, you know, a lot of times we are, we're pushovers in the way of like, um, we feel bad, right? Like women feel guilty. They feel bad and they're people pleasers, right? So like if you're sitting somewhere alone with the pastor and he's telling your heart, you're a people pleaser. So you're kind of like in an uncomfortable situation, but you're not going to get up and leave or say anything because, well, this is the pastor. Hmm. Oh, he's, I can't just get up and I can't, you know what I mean? And yeah. that holds a, whether or not we like to say it, that has control over us. Hmm. And so if you're a woman listening to this, don't even go there. Don't even go there. If 
you're asked for an email or for a number or something that your husband doesn't know about if you're married, every time someone, Jeff, um, of the opposite sex messages me on private messenger or emails me or anything, even when you text me, my husband sees everything. Yeah. Same. So Lauren, every, Lauren sees everything, everybody. Everything. So, yeah. so whenever you're saying anything, I'm telling Ryan or mm -hmm. I'm showing him, oh, Jeff yep. said this, we need to do this or, yeah. or yeah, any, any thing. male. Um, who, even if I've been friends a long time, it doesn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. My husband knows exactly what's going on. And it's yeah. not because I don't trust myself. It's because that's what I want to do to be able to just tell my husband, hey, I respect you. I love you. And I'm going to show you everything. Right. I mean, and I Lauren, tell him about the girls yeah. too, but like, you know. Yeah. Lauren, Lauren has the password to my phone. Everything Absolutely. is out in the open. I have the password yeah. to her phone. Everything is out in the open. Yeah. You know, we're very nothing uh, to hide. You have nothing to hide. And yeah. you shouldn't. I yeah. I told someone that a, a non-believing Christian or uh, not, not, that's not funny. That's <laughs> not what it was. Christian. It was an unbeliever. <laughs> and she knew that I was a Christian is what I was trying to say. Um, and, uh, you know, she is someone who's had a lot of wounds in her past. And, and I was talking to her about transparency and I told, I told her my wife and I, if I, if I mess up. I let her know, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, and that was such a foreign concept to her because she has spent wow. her life hiding things so much so that she changed her last mm -hmm. name because of all of the negative things that it had associated with it, that, that wow. it, from her past, you know, so wow. it, yeah. So it's, I mean, Lauren and I are very, very out in the open and I'm a very communicative person, even for a guy, I think yeah, I'm pretty, pretty open. Um, yeah. You, you know, have but it's to also, be. but it's a testament to what God has done in my life, you know, but, um, Kelsey, something that I wanted to point out really quick, I don't want to, I don't want to derail what you're talking about, but, um, it, I think that if I could distill down a lot of what we're talking about, it is so important for people to study the word for themselves, Absolutely. to immerse their, themselves in the word, to, to surround themselves with good doctrine. And to know what that is so that when you, it's, it's a lot easier to spot stuff that's out of alignment because yes. you know the scripture they're referencing and you, you're actually taking yes. it out of context. You, you can recognize right. it. That's why it that's says, right. and you know, we we're talking about first and second Timothy. That's what it says in, in second Timothy verse two or chapter two, verse tw uh, 15. So second Timothy chapter two, verse 15 says, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. And that is a yeah. all hands on deck thing that applies to every single one of us. And there's this movie called mm -hmm. kingdom of heaven and it's about the crusades. And, um, there's a line that always stuck with me and I've, I've always kind of held onto this because I think it's actually really true. Um, and it's very much in line with what we're talking about. And, and especially during that time and even depicted in the movie, there's a lot of abuse from, from people within positions of authority telling knights to go do these horrible things and they just follow mm -hmm. orders. And so this king is talking to the main character and he said, a king may move a man, a father may claim a son, but remember that even when those who move you be kings or men of power, your soul is in your keeping alone. When you stand before God, you cannot say, but I was told by others to do thus or that virtue was not convenient at the time. This wow. will not suffice, you know, and it's wow. something that really stuck with me. Even as a young believer, I heard that line and I was just like, it really stuck with me. I've just like, yeah, 
it is not enough for you to say, oh, but people told me to do this. I'm like, we have access to the same spirit. We have access to the same word. And um, a great, great movie, if you guys haven't seen it, is I think it's called just called Luther. It's about Martin Luther and it's about the Reformation. Um, oh yeah awesome i gotta watch that yeah and it's all about spiritual it shows spiritual abuse that happened within the catholic church at the time selling indulgences so this isn't still happening within the catholic church yeah it just is translated into a different culture but it's it's the same spirit that's active because satan is gonna be satan you know right right people are being sold indulgences and they're saying hey your loved ones are in purgatory if you give us x amount of money they'll actually be able to get into heaven and it's just like that is blasphemy of blasphemies you know but they didn't have access to the word of god but sometimes we can still find ourselves in that mental slavery thanks for listening the elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner visit elijahfire.com slash give of yes. submitting to whatever a prophet says whatever a, a leader says and not so actually good. testing the word not so actually good. diving in for yourself man yep. that is i so mean good. if there's anything that's communicated from the show is it's like here's god God, person, person, God, like talk to him. Like he's talking to you. He wants a relationship with you. Study the word, pursue him. Yeah. You're very passionate about it. It's awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, you're passionate because so many people every single day are abused in the church and they don't realize they're under spiritual abuse. They don't realize it because like you said, the perfect word, it's a culture within the church they're in and they don't realize Mm -hmm. that this is spiritual abuse. And that's why it's so important to talk about the signs and then talk about what to do. Hey, maybe you're recognizing from today's show. Oh my goodness. Wow. This is stuff that's happening to me. Well, you are free to leave the church. You need to leave under someone who is spiritually abusive. You need to get away from that. And you need to find a place that's healthy and not spiritually abusive in any way. And you need to get out from that yoke of that bondage, you know, don't stay there, you know, don't sit under that. And then who do you talk to about it? Because if you go to leadership, right, they're all going to just, uh, discredit you, right? Basically, because we talked about that. You can never say anything bad about the person who's the spiritual abuser. Mm -hmm. So you need to go to those around you, your loved ones around you, your family, even if they're, let's say someone, you know, your daughter or your son, they're not, they're not saved. They're not born again. But let me just tell you something. When spiritual abuse is seen, a lot of times they're going to see it before you see it because they're not in it. So deception has that thing about it. Like when you're in it, you don't see it. That's why it's called deception, but that's why there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. So even going to someone and being like, Hey, this is happening. What do you think about this? Like, I want to just process this with you. What do you think about this? You think that's wrong? Or, I mean, and a lot of times people in the world will just be like, yeah, that's, that's abusive. That's not good. You know, that's, that's not right. You know, you want to talk to people about it and you don't always want to go to, um, the people in the leadership, um, depending how spiritually abusive your, your church is because they can just discredit you, make you feel bad. And then almost Mm -hmm. shun you from the church and say, oh, and then 
they'll spread rumors, all this stuff. I'm sure some of you unfortunately have actually experienced stuff like this, um, where you go to just tell the truth and be honest about something and it completely turns on you and you become the one who's in the wrong and they blame you and it's awful. It is awful. So just get out of that type of culture, just walk away from it, find somewhere else. Even if you have to watch online, some church online for a little bit until you find somewhere else or study the Bible. Like Jeff said, Hey, take that time where you walk away to maybe if you go to church on Sunday from nine to 11 and you're not able to go, cause that was the only church, you know, commit to reading the word from nine to 11 mm-hmm. and study the Bible and start to know what it says and then get get in a healthy church where people love you and pray for you. And there's no manipulation or spiritual abuse or anything like that. Um, Stay far away from that. And for women, don't get in the position where um, I'll give an example real quick. So let's say um, there's a conference coming to your church and you want to go to the conference. So you volunteer, right? So you sign up to volunteer. Okay. I'm going to volunteer for the conference. There you are. You're volunteering for the conference. You don't know uh, the the guy coming in is has his team working, right? So one of the people on his team comes up to you as you're volunteering and says, hey, you know, would you like to volunteer other places too? Because we travel to a lot of churches in the area. You know, if you give me your email, I can make sure you know where we're going and you're on the volunteer list. Okay, something like that. And you innocently are going, oh, that'd be awesome. I'd, I'd actually love to volunteer more. J- innocently, you genuinely just want to volunteer more. And then the email comes. Oh, hey, Kelsey, this is uh, whoever. I, I uh, you know, talked to you today about volunteering. And, you know, I'm so glad that you're coming to the conferences. And guys, that's how it starts. So it's so, it starts so innocently. And any person who's been sexually abused within the church will tell you that it always starts emotionally and just through like some type of friendship or, oh, I'm going to pray for you. If you give me your email, I want to pray for you. That's always how it starts, you guys. So be aware as a woman, be aware. Don't put yourself in those situations. If they say, oh, well, you're going to volunteer. Well, how? How did you sign up the first time for volunteering? Just curious. Okay, do that again. Just go on the website, sign up to be a volunteer again. You don't need that person's email to do that. The person's itinerary is on their thing. Just you need to think with wisdom and maturity because unfortunately, as Christians, we always think the best of everyone, right? We always want to do that. I always want to look at you and I want to see the best in you. I want to give you the benefit of the doubt type of thing. But sometimes that can backfire on you and you can be giving people the benefit of the doubt and they can turn it around to abuse you and manipulate you. So I'm not saying have a hard heart, but I am saying you need to test the spirits and you need to be discerning and you need to be wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove. So you Mm -hmm. can say something like this. Oh, well, if I look into volunteering next time you guys go to another church, I'm just going to, I follow the website. So I get your emails online. So I'll probably, if I'm available, I'll, I'll just sign up that way. So see, that's a nice response. Boom. Done. Another way you shut it down. Yeah. Another way that I've even, cause guys aren't Vic, we're not Vic, we're not uh, immune to this type of thing as well. And, and I remember there was, someone that I knew from when I was like in high school, that was Mm -hmm. a a Christian. We went to the same youth group and, 
uh, we've kind of just stayed friends on on Facebook. And um, she wrote me and she was like, hey, uh, she's like, hey, how are you? And I just was like, oh, hey, you know, like, you know, a long time, no talk, you know, blah, yep, blah, blah. Yep. And then she was like, hey, my husband is and she started like v- confiding me about things with her husband. And I immediately was just like, honey, there's someone texting me. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not even joking. I was sitting with her at a table oh, and awesome. my wife was in the living room and I just like yelled at her. I was like, <laughs> just want to let you know. And so this is actually the a really great way to immediately diffuse it. Yeah. Thank you for telling us. I just want to let you know that my wife and I, we like, she's aware of every single thing. We, we were very transparent about the messages we receive. And my wife and I are absolutely going to be praying for you guys. Thank you for telling us. And it immediately shut it down. I didn't make a big deal about it. I just was very respectful, but I immediately shut it down. And, and, um, you have to do that. Yeah. It has to be. And if I could teach people that just today to learn how to immediately shut down a uh, situation that can become sexually or spiritually abusive. If you shut it down and you don't give them control over you and you don't fold to that and you don't come under that, then they can't have control over you. And if you recognize it within your church, then you need to leave and you need to go to somewhere that's healthy, where the pastor is a shepherd and the pastor genuinely um, is helping you and is doing it with the right heart and the right spirit. And you can find a church like that. I mean, you know, you definitely, you definitely can. They're out there. Trust me. Well, and what do you think Kelsey about, uh, I'm trying to figure out the right way to word this, but what we're not demanding from leaders is perfection. And absolutely not. Right. I think that anyone who's ever been in any form of leadership, it doesn't take long for you to realize errors, things that might even be considered toxic that you think and you have to change and you're faced Mm -hmm. with those things. Absolutely. So, I mean, what, maybe you could speak to that because I don't, the fruit from this, and this isn't your intention at all, but I don't want this to people to take, I don't want someone to take it and then turn it into a witch hunt where if they see dysfunction in a leader, something Mm -hmm. like I'm out bye. Yeah. I'm like, I think it's really important. Can you speak to that a little bit of how to handle this stuff with maturity? Because someone may, um, uh, a pastor may be being friendly to someone and they come up to you, they see you, you know, away in the congregation, they notice you're new. They're like, Hey, I just wanted to say welcome. You're like, bye creeper. You know, (laughs) I don't want it. it, Yeah. Obviously that's not a situation of, yeah. Right. But I just don't like, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you could speak to that a little bit of just, yeah. So I actually want to share these signs with you. So if you see this, if you see what we talked about today, you need to understand that spiritual abuse. The reason I'm doing this program is to make you aware of what spiritual abuse is. So I don't want you to say, oh, well, maybe, um, you know, because pastors aren't perfect. No, pastors aren't perfect. Absolutely not. They're not perfect. But when there is spiritual abuse, you need to leave. So it's not like, oh, well, I'll just give him a pass for a little bit and maybe he'll repent. No, you need to get out from, yeah, you need to get out from under that situation. But obviously if your pastor, you know, they should be friendly to you. They should walk up to you. Hey, how are you? They should know your name. They should know about situations in your life. They should be free to talk to you and you'll know 
if it becomes spiritual or sexual abuse, you're definitely going to know. I mean, because mm -hmm. real yeah. pastors are humble. They are servants. Um, you can tell a real pastor from a wolf very easily. Um, real pastors look a certain way. And um, to me, that's very clear. Uh, they're yeah. super humble. Um, they really have a servant's heart. I think of uh, Pastor Joe Sweet out in Lancaster, California, is just a beautiful example of a pastor. I mean, his heart is just, he'll take calls at like three in the morning Whoa. from his congregation. He's a um, real pastor. He's a real pastor. And he loves his church and his wife is involved in everything he does. And he is a father type of figure. I mean, that's the difference too. Like he is a real genuine father where he cares about you. He's not in any way, shape or form manipulative in any way, shape or form. He's genuine. I mean, you know, you guys know the difference between mm. genuine and not genuine. So the reason I, I mean, I encourage you if you are under any type of abuse, I encourage you to leave and pastors aren't perfect. No, they're not perfect, but they're also not spiritually abusive. Right. So if you're going to say, oh, well, they're spiritually abusive, but you know, they're not perfect. Well, that's your bed. You're going to have to lay in it. If you right. stay we there, then you're use, we yeah, shouldn't no, excuse no. behavior. Pastors just, aren't, pastors yeah. aren't perfect. Um, they're going to mess up. They're going to have emotional issues. Maybe someone in their family um, is having a really hard time. Maybe one of their kids is doing drugs and they're really burdened by that. And you notice a different difference in their preaching or a difference in how they respond to you. They're not really there for you as much anymore. Well, because they're dealing with a situation at home, mm -hmm. or maybe they read the word of God to you and they're teaching you about the word of God and maybe they interpret it not perfectly correct. Okay. Maybe they give an interpretation that maybe is not perfect. Okay. All these things are forgivable. We understand, you know, they say like, uh, chew the meat, spit out the bones type of thing. Um, maybe they have a different eschatology than you. And they say, no, uh, Jesus is coming before the rapture. And then there's other pastors that teach, no, we're going to, we're, or we're, Jesus is coming before the tribulation. Excuse me. Um, he's coming before the tribulation. They're pre-tribbers. And then maybe some pastors are post-tribbers. Well, you know, maybe they don't align perfect with your eschatology. Okay. These are all things that are completely normal. Maybe they have a differing viewpoint on certain aspects of the Bible than you. Okay. Different opinions. Perfectly fine. I, that's not abuse in any way. Different opinions are, is not abuse. That's not what we talked about today. So you have to know the difference between mm -hmm. that stuff, obviously. But if you're under spiritual abuse, I, the show today is exactly for that. It is to make you aware of what it looks like, what to do, how to even prevent it. Like me and Jeff said, you can prevent it if you know how, especially sexual abuse, if you know how to nip it right away and stop mm -hmm. it right away so you don't open mm -hmm. yourself up to that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say that if if any of you have fallen victim to um, any form of spiritual abuse, and even if it escalated to pretty severe means, I'm really sorry that that happened. Um, yeah. And I know that the, I know the pain that that can produce. And, um, yeah, I know Kelsey feels the same, like it's a horrible thing that happened and that is not an accurate depiction of right. the way the body of Christ is supposed to function. That's right. Yeah. And, but all things through all things we learn and the Lord teaches us through all things. So 
you know, he turns all things for the good of those who love him. So even though you've walked through something really difficult, look how much the Lord has grown you and look how much you now can help others recognize it. So that's one thing. If you've ever been through sexual or spiritual abuse, you can identify it. Like you can look back on that time when you were and be like, what was I do? Like I was so manipulated. Exactly. And so you can help others. So I encourage you to help others. I encourage you if you're seeing spiritual abuse or, you know, a friend or someone under, Hey, tell them, Hey, this is not right. This is not, you know, send them this, uh, show, Hey, these are some keys I'm seeing kind of in your church or whatever. Like you might want to be aware of this. Um, but yeah, God will use all things together for the good of those who love him. So even though we walk through our times, I've been spiritually abused. I think Jeff has most people. I know I was talking to Christina. She said, girl, I have so many stories. Like we all have walked through some form or another. Mm -hmm. And so it's good because it, it makes us aware. Um, And once we see it, you can't unsee it. And then from then forward, you know, hey, I'm not doing that again. You know, I've I've learned my lesson. So to God be the glory for every part of our lives and even the sufferings and the hard times we walk through um, to God be the glory for keeping us and, you know, getting us out of those situations. Um, He's he's the best at doing that. He really does shepherd us. He loves us. He cares about us. He doesn't want us sitting under that. And that's why you'll feel grieved or you won't feel right. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you telling you, hey, don't be part of this. This is not of me. This is not, you know, he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. The sons of God are led by the spirit of God. So we need to listen to that inner witness. We need to, we need to understand that he is guiding us. He does love us. He does care about us. And we need to be obedient um, to his leading, his guidance, um, his voice. And of course, weigh what's going on in your life according to scripture and be obedient to that above all things. Yeah, it's so good, Kelsey. Well, why don't you go ahead and pray for people? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Father, thank you for this time today, God. Thank you for revealing the truth to our hearts, Lord. Uh, Please help those who are stuck in a bad situation, Lord. Please help them. Give them the courage and the strength to stand up, Lord. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would lead them to a place that is healthy. God, that you would make them whole. Lord Jesus, that we would all see you as the head of the church and we would look to you, God. And I thank you that we're all the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we all are indwelt by your very spirit, Lord. We are indwelt by God, the third person of the Trinity. Lord, let that become real to us. God, let your word be illuminated in our hearts. Lead us and guide us into all truth. God, let your your word be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. God, take those that are um, suffering right now or in any type of situation that's wrong and um, they're not living according to what you have for them. God, just make a way out for them, Lord. I pray that this uh, today reaches uh, those who need it the most. Mm. Lord, I pray that people hear it today and are set free. Lord, that the veil would just be completely lifted, God, and they would see the truth. Father, I thank you for that today. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I pray as we come into this time of um, Thanksgiving and times with our families, Lord, I pray that you would bless it those that are either having family come to their house or they're going to visit family. Lord, I just pray that your grace would be amongst them. Lord, I pray that your presence would be there, God, and, and, um, you would manifest yourself to families. Mm -hmm. 
you would restore relationships and God, that this would be a time of joy and of your peace, Lord. We just pray peace over families, over households, over situations right now. God, we ask that you make ways where there is no way. God, we ask that you would bring home children, uh, bring home spouses, bring bring home prodigals, God. This, this Thanksgiving and this Christmas, Lord, we mm-hmm. just ask that you would restore relationships, Father. And we thank you so much, Lord, for Jesus. God, we thank you for the sacrifice of your son. We'll never forget, Lord, all that you've done for us. Lord, the price you've paid, God, we thank you and we bless you today. Lord, we love you so much. We worship you, Father. We thank you, God. Lord, we're just so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for your word. Lord, we're so thank you, thankful that you reveal yourself to us, God. You're easy to be found, Lord, when we knock that we find you, God. You open the door. Lord, thank you that you reveal yourself to us. Thank you that we're not alone, God. Thank you that we don't go through anything alone, Lord. You're always there with us. Thank you for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for being part of every aspect of our lives, God. Thank you for your omnipresence. Lord, thank you that you know the beginning of the end. God, thank you that you're working out everything for the good of those who love you. Thank you, God, that you're the faithful one. You're the true one. You're the shepherd, Lord. We thank you. You're the alpha and the omega. Jesus, we thank you. You're the first and the last. You're the King of Kings, Lord. We put all our hope and all our trust in you again today, Jesus. There's no greater hope of our calling than looking to you, Lord. We thank you for the blessed hope that we have in you, Jesus. We pray that your gospel would reach those hearts who've grown cold, God. I pray for boldness, Lord, to share who you are with those around me. Lord, and I ask that boldness would come upon those listening, Lord, that they would be able to talk about Jesus openly, share the gospel with those they love, with those at work. Holy Spirit, anoint their mouth to speak your word, to speak your truth. God, give us boldness in this time. Let us stand for you and let us stand against evil and let us not back down or be afraid to share what your word says. Lord, keep us from manipulation. Lord, keep us from spiritual abuse. Let us be like Paul when he saw Peter eating with the Jews and he said, what are you doing? You're one way when the Jews aren't here, you eat with the Gentiles and then the Jews come and you don't eat with the Gentiles. He rebuked him openly in front of everyone. God, give us that spirit Mm. of courage and boldness when we see abuse, when we see manipulation like Paul, we call it out for what it is. We don't hide it. We don't push it down. We call it out for what it is. Lord, give us that strength in this time. Don't let us be fooled, God. I pray that you reveal the wolves in the church. Lord, let us be aware. Let us see the fruit, test the fruit, and know them by their fruits. Lord, let us stop making excuses and live according to what your word says. Father, I thank you for that.
I thank you for the generation of sons and daughters that believe just that. God, we're sick of the games in the church. We're sick of the titles and we're sick. We want Jesus. We want him to be glorified. We want a healthy church who serves God with their whole hearts, who loves their family, who loves themselves and loves their neighbor. God, who loves you above all things. That's what we want, Lord, for this generation, for our children and our grandchildren. God, we want them to serve you with a pure heart. God, expose those who are in this for greed or in this for fame or anything else, Lord, that's not uh, pure before your sight. God, we thank you that they're held more accountable than others. God, we know one day you are the great judge and nothing goes by you, Lord. You see all things. Father, I pray you expose hearts and cause them to repent, Lord. And we just thank you for this time of such transparency and such, um, God, you're just revealing so much in this time. And we bless you for it. Lord, protect Mm -hmm. us, protect our hearts and our families' hearts, God. Those listening, Lord, protect their hearts from evil. And Father, we bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm, Real quick, one thing um, before we end. I'm looking at the comments, so I see them on Facebook and YouTube. Um, Can you go ahead and comment for me if you are a single mom? Can you just um, comment, that's me? Um, Would be for Or email me. Email her. You guys do not put it in the Yeah, yeah. Email. Okay. Email me. Okay. Her email is in the description, I believe. Yes. So... Yeah. If that's you and you're a single yes. mom during this holiday time, um, just write, that's me. Um, the Lord really laid it on my heart um, just for, man, when my husband's away and I have all the kids by myself, I don't, I really, you guys do it with the grace of God, because that's what I always say without the grace of God. I mean, I could not do it. The days are really long yeah. um, and they're really tough parenting yeah. alone. Um So if you are a single mom and your children are um, still kids, they're not grown and out of your nest, you're not an empty nester, but you have children under um, the age of 18, please let me know because the ministry really wants to bless you guys um, for this Thanksgiving time, just because I know it's so hard and the Lord sees you um, and he wants to be able to help you guys during this time. So just let me know if that's you, if your kids are still home and single mom and man, just been praying to the Lord, send, send your help. God, I need your help. Well, he's answering your prayer today. So, mm, so good. Yeah. So marriage of the lamb ministries at gmail.com for any of you ladies that's really resonating with, um, hit up Kelsey and, and, um, uh, yeah. You guys will go, you'll take it from there. Uh, yeah. something that I want to put in the live chat uh, is the, I'm going to repost it is the pioneer woman, (laughs) green bean casserole. Kelsey, I'll just give it to you once we're done. Yeah, But if you can go to that link or it's super easy, just go into Google and type in pioneer woman, green bean casserole. It'll be the first one that pops up. They don't use any, she doesn't use any canned soup. She's, it doesn't use anything like that. And it is, you guys are, do not cut cut corners (laughs) on this recipe. Okay. (laughs) You're like, oh, it says to blanch your green beans. Well, I'm just going to throw in frozen ones. Just follow the recipe to the T and you will not regret it. It is so good. So I've never cared about green bean casserole and I do now. So just Uh, 
yeah. you'll make some converts out of your family. I'm definitely yeah. gonna yeah, do it. Definitely. Gonna. Oh, and Illumination put it in the in the description too. So super easy for you guys. Uh, Kelsey, thank you so much. Uh, great topic, handled very well. And guys, look, I know that we didn't cover every single every single you know nuance of this topic. It's a very complicated issue, um, but the solution is really and the preventative measures are simple. Um, it it does take discipline and diligence um, mm -hmm. and setting up boundaries and things like that. But yep. the the solution is laid out there to to prevent this stuff. Um, and so. Um, Again, if if you didn't feel like you got the right answers, I just encourage you. Maybe you could write Kelsey personally, or you can just take it before the Lord, you know. And um, you know, He always comes through. So, uh, Kelsey, thank you so much, guys. Links are in the description you. to follow her if you so desire. Um, Kelsey, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too. I'm sure we'll oh, yeah. we'll talk. Yeah, we will. <laughs> yes, as we do. Um, as we do. Yeah, so everybody also wanted to remind you, if you missed the beginning, Elijah Fire is hiring a video editor slash live stream engineer position. So link is in the description to that, or you can visit ElijahStreams.com slash careers, and you'll see the listing for the Elijah Fire video editor position. And Illumination said, come work with the coolest people on the planet. <laughs> yes. Obviously. Yeah. So, um, guys, we so appreciate you, uh, tune in on Monday. Again, we're only doing three days next week uh, and they're all pre-recorded. Um, but Monday is with Kara Starnes and it's all about evangelism and, you know, in typical Kara Starnes fashion, she's insanely transparent about just hating evangelism and what the Lord did in her heart, uh, and showed her a different approach that works for her, but she now teaches how to do evangelism and and all of that and, and awesome. really tailoring it unique to who you are as a person and and um, connecting with people in a genuine way and so guys it's going to be a really it was great i really really loved that episode so that's on monday at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time we love you guys have a great weekend and we'll see you on monday okay bye this has been elijah fire thanks for listening for more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.